0: do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement but don't even know if it's enough to live off of how much is enough how often are you thinking about it the team at jpex financial group can help set your mind at ease we specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial educational and investment needs we help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies you deserve a personal tailored plan Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC, is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City.
1: Keys
2: to the city, baby When you see us so you
0: know I Crossed off by Kobe. we'll float Shaq And then Shaq goes like this And the rest is history Podcasting
2: Pay attention, don't tell
0: me what to do, devil woman so what
1: you what But Speaking I of make, those ladies
0: but, but I, hold on,
2: But I didn't make my point. I didn't make point. I said
0: Denver's gonna win
1: Yeah, you did, you said that There's no other show like that Clovercrest is doing great things right now Streaming everywhere <laughs> Jones, on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is, ava- is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he
2: hasn't been healthy for this team.
0: Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in on the
2: glass. How about that, Porter Morger, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch
0: is drilled to deep right field
1: toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the nineties as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, They're even close to, the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like you're the Yankees.
1: Welcome to Sports Talk with R i I'm your host Steve Risto, along here with Justin Danafrio. And it was a big, 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 big night uh, uh, at the XL Center. A really big night for, for the UConn Huskies, uh, getting that huge, huge win over the Villanova Wildcats, uh, 60, uh, uh, six, 71 to sixty-nine. Uh, but just a huge win. Great night at the XL Center. But Justin was there to see it, and he and I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you first uh, be, be uh, talk about it.
2: Yeah that that was incredible. That I don't know which one, you know that that was right up there. I don't remember if you remember the game 2011. It was actually UConn Nova over like a decade ago. Um, you know, it was another great game. This is right up there. For down four there, 69 65, with 39 seconds left. You could play that clip over, um, you know, 39 times, or I mean, 99 times over again. And Nova prior wouldn't do their 99 times. You know, for Nova to kind of lo- lose that game, you know, and. Kind of misses three throw there down the stretch. The jump ball, which probably should have been a foul, and then also you know Tyler Polly hitting that big three with like 15 seconds left. He caught that thing. He didn't catch it cleanly. He did not. Um, you know he was off balance again. And Kiami Young did an excellent job there, drawing that play up for Polly. I you know they ran a couple of nice sets for him. You know even Jordan Hawkins had. They ran a couple of nice sets for. And I've never heard the XL Center that loud before. And I you know I know there's been a lot of people kind of. You know, out there about, you know, should they just play a gamble instead of just get rid of XL? But when you could fill it up like that, it makes a huge difference. And again, the XL Center was great last night, full house, unbelievable win, you know. And for like a guy like Polly and Whaley, and I think Polly talked about it in a post game, you know, uh, press conference saying, again, the last time Nova was here, or, you know, last time, you know, at the XL Center, you know, in 2018, and you know, him and Willie are freshmen. They lost by 22 points, and you know, I, there was a point, too, in that game They started the second half. They went on like a 6-0 run, and they start and you know they did start doing the, the UConn chant on 16, and that's kind of when I was like, this program is at the lowest it's ever been before, or in a long time, and that and you know, and to be back now, to be back and to so you know win that game. You know, UConn's, UConn's getting back. And that night that was huge. Such a great atmosphere last night. Impressive win. Again, I, you know, everything that happened, again, Kiami Young deserves a lot of credit for that game. You know, because I think, I, I thought when Hurley got ejected out of that game, I thought this dude was going to go sideways. I feared they're going to lose by 10, 15 points. Noah's going to take over. And that was that. But Kiami Young, and he's a total 180 coaching style differences, he's a calming guy. And I think that really helped, you know, Hurley. I know we've addressed it a couple of times that, you know, he, he, he's, he he's, his antics, his emotions get the best of him at times. You know, Kiami's kind of, you know, very um very calm, very relaxed. Again, he drew off some nice plays for him late in that game. Again, I, I thought he did everything well late in that first half, second half, everything was good, I thought, besides – how he handled the rotations. I thought everything else was great. Again, I you know, especially at the last night, I do not think he'll probably be on the staff next year. I I know he was close last year to getting the Fordham job, I believe. I think there was another job he was, you know, finals for. So I got to imagine after a game like that last night, an AD somewhere out there is probably pretty impressed with the way he coached and handled that team last night. So, you know, kudos to him. Um, you know, hopefully he gets a shot. But, yeah, that that was – Insane win. That was great. You know, the place is just jumping after, even before the game. Then hour before the game, that it, it was rocking before there. There was so much excitement and unbelievable that I kind of walked in there. I did not, I did not really have a good feeling walking into that arena last night. I, I just thought Nova was a better team. And for most of the game, they were. And UConn finally caught a couple breaks at the end of the after Nova had – Breaks the first, you know, 35, 36 minutes or so. But yeah, um, huge win for him. Again, it cap off a great three game homestand, too, knocking off Sean Hall, Xavier, and um, Nova. It was a very eventful three game uh, homestand. I don't know. Did you see Boat Knight, Jane Boat there Saturday? Those I saw ejects. him get a check. Yeah, I saw him get a check. So I don't think uh, that' pretty crazy to see two ejections in two straight games like that. So, um, you know, un- unbelievable last, you know, un- unbelievable game last night. That was I- – I can't decide if that game was better than Nova game from 2011 when Kemba hit that floater because I was also there at Gamble. I-, I don't know which one's better, but, again, it's like 1A, 1B for me. Just just incredible. And, again, it feels great, you know, to finally get those guys. Cause it's? Cause I think John Rothstein said it was 2,984 days since they beat them in the round of 32 in Buffalo back in 2014. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was,
1: yeah, just just an awesome night last night. I mean, as you said, Kiami Young, you know, I thought down four that game was over. I thought it was, I thought it was over. I thought they really had no chance to win that game when they were down by four. They missed the free throw. Kiami Young draws up a really nice play. Polly hits the three, and then they get the jump ball, and then the layup by Cole. Then Cole draws the charge. Just, just the atmosphere at XL. I mean, this is one of the best atmospheres I've seen at XL in a really, really long time, and it really feels like. UConn basketball, UConn basketball is back. I mean, the Hurley ejection—I didn't like the Hurley ejection. I thought he was immature. I was one of the few UConn fans that thought he was immature. I thought he was acting immature there, but y- y- you know, yeah, because I-, I just felt like after the first technical, he just sat down. I mean, you don't want you don't want to—you know—cost your team, cost your team there. I thought I thought he was kind of acting immature there when he was pumping up the fans. But Kiyami Young did, did a great job. Sanago—that's got to be talked about how outstanding he was last yeah. night. He played like he was their best player. He was phenomenal. I mean, R.J. Colton had a great game, but he came through when it mattered. He, I mean, obviously with that layup, drawing the charge came through when it mattered. And last night proved to you that this UConn team's got a chance. They got a
2: chance to make a run. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tanago was good. Again, it, you know, they – Villanova really sagged off from there in the second half, and they kind of said, look, Polly's going to hit some shots. You know, Hawkins, you know, Cole, they're going to have to hit shots to beat us. Um, you know, again, Tanago played pretty well. I, he needs – the one thing besides the passing is he needs to go up strong. He, for a guy 6'9", I don't know what he weighs, probably 270, 275. He goes up soft a lot of the time. Like he's one of the strong guys out there. Go up strong. Um, that That's one thing. He he misses some points that time they should make. But, yeah, great game from him. You know, Cole – the thing about Cole is I know he's been – I know Monday he missed most of the practice because he's been battling a hip injury. He was exhausted the final 10 minutes. That's like the one thing I didn't like Kiami. He really sat Gaffney. Gaffney played starting to play better last few games. I thought he played a good first half in the five minutes he got, or four or five minutes he got. And then, you know, you'd see Cole was exhausted just because, you know, he, he's been playing. I think he's now up to 36 minutes a game in the Big East. That's not going to last. That You know, I think that's something they're going to run into because he are playing all 30 minutes a game. Um but yeah, you know, Cole, you know, Cole came over the matter. He kinda had, you know, that big kind of shot there. Again, that's probably an A one. Didn't get it. The charge the way. I know it's probably it's a back and forth. You know, you probably go either way. And again, he kind of started falling before, but also kind of Colin Gillespie was out of control. I thought like he kinda I, I thought Cole was set. Um and then the hurley ejection, yes, uh, you know, he lets his emotion get the better of him. And yes, at times he just he cannot control himself. And, you know, the first one was very warranting. For slamming the scores table, again, That that's a technical.
1: Yeah. Like the yeah. Second, and he's got to be mature. He's got to be more yes. mature there. It's, it's, yes. it's a missed
2: call, but it's a missed call in the first half. He's got to be more mature there. Yes, he does. Now, yes, he, he does. Again, I heard it. He's, I heard his father's even crazier than the two sons. So oh, I know. I,
1: oh, I know his father's more. Is, is crazier than the two sons. He's coached at St. Joe's for Saint uh, St. Anthony's for 28, 28 years. He won a bunch of national uh, state championships. But I've heard he's nuts. He's, he's yeah, he's, yeah,
2: yes. I, I've heard some stories from him. That are you know, from from uh, about him? So I see where he gets it from. Yeah, he's got to cool it down a bit there. You know, but again, the pumping up the fan again now. I heard there was like seven, eight bad college basketball writers. One of them said he's the Angel Hernandez of, of Major League of College basketball. And that's disrespecting Angel Hernandez. That's how bad James greeting is. Wow, wow, wow. There's wow. even there was a Rob Doster who runs like the Field of Sixty Eight kind of network. Yep. Um uh, he's like a big UConn fan, so yep. a lot of coaches were texting him. He said he's the work. he couldn't even put the things that coaches were texting him on, on Twitter. He's like, I I I can't do it. You know, like it, Nobody likes him. I told me, him he's the biggest prick in the game. Really? So, yeah. So, I, I, he even went so, to, to, so could we kind of sit where like the ref's locker room is? Yep. So they, they had about 50 security guards there. When they came out in the second half, somebody said something to him and he gave, he gave the fan the depth stare and actually the fan went back at him. They just mm. gave him the depth stare for about 10, 15 seconds. Like he kind of, you know, yeah. The back call he made, like, he made up for it by giving us the uh, charge call there. But yeah, that, that, again, he should have been ejected, but yes, he let his emotion get the better of him. But that's, that, that's who we have. He, he, Dan Hurley's a lunatic out there. Again, oh. sometimes I love it, but in a moment like that, it's like, you got to settle down there.
1: Oh, absolutely. Without question. I mean, he's just, the, the guy, the guy's going crazy. He's going nuts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want this to happen in the tournament to this team where he gets thrown mm. out of the game like this. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I don't mind his passion. His passion is great, but going crazy like this, going crazy like that. I mean, I just, I think he was just, I think he was out of control there. Yeah, I know the UConn fans love it because he went to go pump up the crowd, but I'm sorry, you can't be going nuts like that.
2: No, they can't. I, I guess he's encouraging all the booze, but I, it, again, it, it was a bad call. But, yes, he, he's got to relax there. I even think sonago tried to go sit up. you tell him to go sit down. He, he, he was not having it. So, you know, even the players were trying to settle him down. But, again – and Jackson, I think, you know, started kind of woofing a little bit after that. Then I forgot – I think it was later when Jackson followed him, like kicked him. And, again, I, I thought it was going to get bad then. But it's like – you know, and I think something like the Xavier 2 game too when he got the technical. It's like, you know, Jackson kind of goes back, gets the technical. It's like, you know – When you do get chaotic like that, your team follows. Again, I know we'll talk about the Jordan Howard situation, but again, look, you know, like whatever these players see, their coach are gonna, you know, their coach, you know, the player or whatever the coach does, like their players are gonna think it's okay to do that. That that's the thing, and and, you know, and sometimes yeah, the emotions get the better of you, but yeah, as a coach, you gotta learn to tune it down a notch. And he was not like that as a player. You know, like he he started this now as an actually as the coach.
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems like because, yeah, I mean, I remember in the first year, he got thrown out of a bunch, a couple of games too. So it's, yeah, it's been going on for a while. Good coach. He's really, he's turned this program around, but he needs to mature. But still, but still, but, 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 but besides the fact of the ejection, that was a great win. That was an outstanding win for this program. I think it's a win which made, which which this program put their foot down. And then then last night was a night where, where, where they're back they're back this program is finally back to being a competitive college basketball program I know they made the tournament last year but I feel like this this is this team now has a legitimate shot. I know they' they have seven losses but in a year where they're really and this is college basketball I feel like this team has a chance to make a run I like the way Sanogos played I like the way Cole is playing I think this team is more together than they were last year. I mean, I know they're not going to be the favorite, but if you've seen you've seen the NCAA tournament, the favorite doesn't. This is the, this, it's really the one tournament where the favorite does not win, usually doesn't win most of the time. So I, I think last night UConn proved that this is this is a this is a contender. This this is a team that is a contender, a very, very the, the, the team that could very easily win the Big East and a team that very easily can win a national title.
2: I think it can. My one concern is the way they handle the rotation, though. That's because I'm like, you're not going to be able to last, though, if you're playing guys 35, 36 minutes a game. And I, I think that's the one problem with the way they handle rotation, which worries me. Like, you're not – with the way they've been playing Cole and Martin and, you know, playing 35 minutes a game, you're not going to win a Big East tournament playing three straight days in the Big East. You, there's no way. There's no way they're going to hold up for three days. Um, that That's the only thing that does concern me. Again, the offensive times kind of goes down. But, yeah, look, you know – you got senior guards in Cole Martin. I know, again, they're, they're not Kemba or Shabazz or any of them, but they are seniors. You know, they both played in the tournament last year. Martin's played in a couple of Rhode Island. So it, it's a team, yeah, I think they, they can make a run. Again, it, you know, they're probably, they're sitting probably on that five seed right now. I know they were like talked about as a four seed, you know, in that 16, six, top 16 team for real. So I don't, they may have launched up to the four last night, maybe. But, again, you're probably the five. There's some very good mid-major 12 seeds um, that, again, kind of worry me. But, look, yeah, it's matchups. Again, it, it, you know, to me all about March, it's, it's it's two. It's like the matchups. It's the senior guards. It's the senior leadership, you know, upperclassmen in there. It, again, you know, I, I think this if this team is on and they're hitting shots and, you know, not Hawkins. It's, it's, Hawkins and Polly, I think, are the two X factors. If they're knocking down jump shots – they're, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be okay because then that's when the defenses have to kind of push up and and you, you kind of really have to only – and tonight are going to be able to get one-on-one, and that's what they really need. So if those if those guys can knock down shots, then, yeah, I, I think you kind of go on a run. And, you know, but, again, it just – everybody else, it's just been inconsistencies. And, again, one bad night and you're gone, you know. You can't really have an off night in the tournament.
1: No, and you made a good point about Hawkins and uh, Polly. Polly hit some big threes last night, especially the one to cut the lead, cut the lead down to one. If those two guys can play, this team can make a run because that's bench points. We don't have to rely on because then Martin, Sinago, and Cole could have. We have one of those three could afford to have a bad night if those two guys step up because you want your bench to be you want to have some depth. If you're going to win a national championship, I feel like you have to have guys at the bench that could play well. But yeah, yes, yeah, so that's a really good point with uh, with Hawkins and uh, and Polly there.
2: Yeah, yeah, on um, you know, to you too, yeah, um, with the bench, because yeah, they need those guys. Because it's like, Cole's been averaging like 15, Martin 15, Sonaga 16. It's like, that's you know, I think they've averaged right around 70. Well, that's like almost, you know, 45, 40 points. That's 40 like 45 points of your teams coming from those three guys. And, and yeah, you know, that's something again, like Jordan Hawkins, I think the defense is starting to improve a bit. Again, I think the confidence needs to get, get a little bit better, but it's like, yeah, you know, like, again, I think he's a potential lottery pick, you know, I think probably next year if you can have a good summer and a good season next year, I think he's a lottery pick next year. You know, I think he's that talented. You know, ball hands got get a little bit better as well, but yeah, like, you know, those two again, Polly, again, like last night Polly's shot was impressive because he was all balanced. He didn't catch that ball cleanly either. I thought there was no way that ball was going in. It, it somehow did. Like again, yeah, Polly. When Polly is on, like he was Saturday, I know he had eleven points early, and he really didn't, he didn't really play much in the second half. But yeah, when Polly's on, again he's a dangerous shooter. The problem is, yeah, it usually it depends on the first few shots. If he misses, he's usually off. But if he knocks him down, he's usually, you know, he's on that night. So yeah, you know, those two are like the are the big factors in that game. And actually, I wanted to make one more point. I forgot a big was like the court warming. At first, I was like, you know. I was like very kind of unsure about it, but you know, then I thought about it more later or afterwards. Those students haven't experienced something like that. You know, like it's just been all downhill the lot, you know, for every, for all those students, you know, and we haven't been the same. So like all these, all those students, you know, they, you know, they don't kind of, you know, some of them probably don't realize the, uh, you know, fortunate that kind of went on back there in the early 2000s, late 99. So, again, it was pretty cool to see a court storm. That was the first time at the XL Center, so I was actually okay with it. It was great. I kind of think if you should do it if you're really not supposed to win, if you're not really, you know, like, because I, I, like, Indiana did a few weeks go into Purdue. I'm like, you're Indiana. Why are we storming the floor here? But, you know, I guess Indiana hasn't been what Indiana is either, so I kind of understood, and they lost, like, Purdue 11th year time, so. I guess I'm okay with the court storming now, but I I guess it was kind of cool to go witness a court storming
1: for the first time. Yeah, the funny thing is, you're actually convincing me that this court storming was good.
2: At the the beginning, I didn't think it was. I I didn't like it
1: because I'm thinking like UConn's a a, a national program; they've won national titles. What are we doing storming the court after just winning a regular season Big East game? But as you've now, you've been now you're convincing me where yeah, they really haven't experienced anything. UConn hasn't won a tournament game since 2016. None of these kids were in school in in 2000. None of these kids were at UConn in 2016. So I, 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 you know what? I'm sorry not to mind the court storming there because it was such a big win. It was such a great night for UConn basketball. Pretty much. I feel like this, this this is the rebirth of UConn basketball. I think this is the night where UConn basketball has been reborn. So I'm, I'm for the court storming. It's amazing how you convinced me from, not being for the core storming to being for the core storming
2: yeah but i was convinced too i don't know you know john Fante. he works for like five sports is all the big east he was there last night and he kind of said like you know i think it was great by the students again like none of the students have seen this and yeah like you know and that kind of got me to convince myself like yeah it's a good one and then too with like and i know you're kind of thev- technical difficulties when i said this but uh when i said this earlier but like this was a like, you know like Todd Pye was talking about it in the post game show or post game press conference you know when Nova came here in his freshman year and they won by twenty two and they just got absolutely smacked they were again like UConn was down that UConn was on sixteenth the first media timeout in the second half and Big Red started the UConn chant and I was just like we have fallen so far down a cliff and again that was like. The low point I felt like that was probably one of the lowest points to be doing a UConn chain down 16 to a former biggest rival. So, last night, I, I think you're right. I think last night's like the rebirth I, I, again. I, I, this fan base now, and even like Jay Wright credited the fans last night. He's like, you know, that was a great atmosphere at XL Center. You know, glad that have UConn back. You know, good luck the rest of the way. Again, maybe we we'll see him at the garden a few weeks, but yeah, I, I think you're on. I, I think you're right about that. That could that, that, that. Absolutely, could be the rebirth of that of this program. And I, I've been hard on Hurley a lot, but again, you gotta give him credit for building this thing back up the way he has. I know you know times it hasn't been great, but it, again, four I think it was three, four years ago, somebody took a sh- shot Saturday, or it was like a picture from you know 2018, and it was like 50 people at like the Tulsa game at the XL Center. It's like you know you know this is what four years four years difference. So yeah, I think he has been pretty – he's done a very good job of building this brand back up. And, again, you know, I want – you know, we – and, you know, we should be right there with Donova every single year battling for the B title. You know, that that's where this team should be at every single season. I felt like last night, you know, got them there because I did not think they were going to – like, walking in there last night, I, I really did not have a good feeling about winning that game.
1: Yeah, and you talked about 2018. That was rock bottom for UConn. That was rock bottom for the UConn program. They were 14 and 18. I mean, one of the worst teams in the American Conference that year. That was that was if there was if there was rock bottom, that was clearly rock bottom. Was Kevin Ollie's last year? He needed to be fired. UConn absolutely made the right decision getting rid of Kevin Ollie, bringing in Dan Hurley to change the culture of this program. And it took it took it did take a little while. I mean, 2019 they weren't good. 2020 they were better. It was they were better last year. They were good, but not a national championship contender. But this year, Dan Hurley, in four years, has got this team in a national championship contender. And, yes, you can get on his sideline antics. To me, if he would have lost this game, I would have destroyed him because I would have felt like, you know what, he was immature. But Kiami Young, his assistant, who he's, who he's, tra- who he's, who he's done, done a good job of, uh, you know, trying to, uh, uh, you know, teaching him how to boy. coach. He did, he did a great job, and they won. And this just shows you that Hurley has made this program into a title contender.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's built a great staff around him. You know, Kami Young, you, you know, seems like he's going to be a head coach probably this offseason. You know, Tom Moore's got experience at Kalimpiak, and he was there with, you know, last few years with Dan at, like, Rhode Island. Yeah, he's built a great staff, and, you know, they all kind of chipped in as well to win that game last night. They, again, like Luke Murray, too, um, coming in. He's one of the best recruiters in, you know, for assistant coach in the entire country. Again, he's another one that I, I think is – needs a little bit more seasoning, but I think he's another one that's going to be a head coach in a couple years. So from everything I've, you know, I, have heard about him. So yeah, you know, he, he's done a great job building this thing back up again. And I, uh, you know, you're, I'm happy for like Polly's and Whaley's that, again, that we're still, you know, the two guys are still here that did hit right bottom back in 2018 that they were kind of, that, you know, they're able to experience something like this last night. Of like, this was kind of, they kind of finally got that taste that this is, This you know this was like what the good old good old days used to be like they you know I I know trying to come to UConn they kind of wanted to you know wanted to be part of that I wanted to be that culture of trying to help this program get back to where it was and they finally got to kind of you know able able to kind of get that experience you know I'm like in the XL center last night even asked my dad about it even the second deck in the XL center there were students I've never seen that before he didn't either like again they it was packed with students again the student section launched few games have been great and it's last few years it hasn't. I, I, I understand why they just haven't they haven't been good and they haven't been interesting. So I understand why, but it's like something like last night. It's like yeah, you're happy for those guys that have been here for that, you know, for that have been part of this program when it was Rock Bottom. They finally got a taste of like what it was like to play for you kinda and hopefully you know what the future is gonna be like. You know, like I say like Vital is like a huge part of building that kind of foundation back up. You know, for the run he went on in 2020, and again, who knows kind of what happens. They they played really well down the stretch there. Again, Polly and Whaley, you know, find, you know, two guys that kind of stuck around. And again, I've kind of been hard on hey, Polly because he's been very up and down, sh- tricky shooter. But again, last night, come to clutch again. Whaley, Whaley, may not blow, you know, with 20 points, but he does all the little things so well. Like I, you know, Beast defense, or co-defense player here last year. Again, going to be right there again. But yeah, you know, for these guys to kind of deal with being there rock bottom to this is, um, you know, I'm happy for those guys that they were they stuck around they didn't leave. They're here through the hard, you know, the good times and bad times.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and how fitting was that? Polly hit the shot to give them a chance. He was there when it was awful, when it was terrible four years ago, when Kevin Alley needed to be fired, and he was the one to hit that shot to give them a chance. And then the guy Hurley brought in the transfer R J Cole. Stepping up, stepping up, at the, stepping up uh, at the end of the game with with the with the with the with the, uh, with the forcing the jump ball, getting the layup, and then, and then getting the charge. Just yeah. you know, an outstanding program. We haven't had a lot of these in the last eight years, but we're but we're hoping there's a lot more to come now because because Hurley's got this at a level where this I expect this team to be competing for Big East titles and national titles for years to come.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I do too. And I think, you know, we're getting, again, last night was great. You know, the marquee, again, that was like the marquee game of the night, the only top 25 battle a- again. And, you know, that that was the game of the night and it was finally, yeah, UConn's back kind of on the national picture and it's been a while. Yeah. I think this is the first time since 2014 that they've had three consecutive sellouts. Like, it, again, it's just, the energy's there now. And it's like, you know, we're starting, there's, you're starting, you know, like the the fairweather fa- fans are starting to trickle back in. They've been <laughs> gone for a while, but they're they're starting to trickle you, back you in. I have an issue with
1: some of those fairweather fans.
2: Yeah, like yeah, so yeah, I, you know, the ones that just show up when they're good. I I could <laughs> like you know like the American, you know, when they play in the, in Hartford in the American Athletic Tournament, like that. Those are the true. There was only twelve thousand, or, or yeah, or
1: because I went to I went to two of the three. I went to in fifteen. I went to two of the three games. I went to the the, sem- the game at. uh that yep, buzz- I was buzzer beater against Cincinnati, and then I was at the uh, the final against SMU in fifteen, and then I was at the quarterfinal game in uh, 2017. But yeah, but I think the biggest crowd of that was the was the final against the SMU. But really, those yeah. were great crowds. Really, the two Friday night games, those weren't great crowds. But but last night they were all yeah. it Showed you why there's a rebirth. The program is reborn.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I was at the bowl right one too. The SMU one. Were you there the whole day on the seven or 2017? Like that whole Friday.
1: Yes, I was there the whole Friday in 2017. So you
2: must have saw it because that it was the UCF game. I was actually on the floor. I hit like the f- layup, free throw, and the three-pointer. Oh, oh, you were, oh, you are on the floor. You yeah, were, no, yeah, I didn't. got like really, really requested for that. That
1: no, was Taco. It was taco Fall. That's
2: yeah, a- yeah, because I, I actually got a UCF. Yeah, I, that game. Yeah, they did. I actually got to walk by a Taco. I was like, there's not a guy. I, I was very, you know, very cool to walk by a Taco. Um, but yeah, like that, that game was, uh, or yeah, yeah. Like that, you know, like th- those crowds were all diehard fans. Like, you know, oh, yeah. and that's great. Last night, you were definitely some fair weather friends, but like fans, but again, it, it you know, as long as, as, long as it kind of goes, uh, throwing out the crowd against Saturday's crowd was great. Wednesday's crowd was great. Like, yeah, it, again, like they're really for me too. like kind of being, you know, 23, not really getting this go to like all the games, in the nineties or two thousands of kind of, the glory days because like too like the final year I played trial basketball like the final year in the East, so like I I think I went to like one game that year you know like it kind of sounded like I never really got to really experience the whole kind of big field and again that was something that last night like you know that there was a lot of so you know I'm excited to kind of see the future now and you know and, and kind of having crowds like that every night because there's a point American games it's just you just sit on your hands for two hours you know at every game and it's just you know the, yeah, it gets The American get was told. The American was the worst.
1: I mean, mm. the problem was is yeah, you, the, the 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 problem is the team the team was no good. The matchups didn't excite you. The atmospheres were were terrible. Like at, the atmospheres were terrible at games. You thought maybe if they got in the American, they would just dominate, and it would and that would that's what would make it worthwhile. But they were bad because people the guys didn't want recruits didn't even want to come. So that's why the American was was terrible. But, but playing the American terrible. But last night. Uh, but it showed you why the, the program is is back. I mean, and uh, it just, everything last night lived up to the expectation because there was a lot of hype for this game. Like, even two months beforehand, this was the home game that everyone was hyping up, and the schedule came out. This was the home game everyone was hyping up, and it lived up to everything. Every, it lived up to its billing. The, the, all the expectation, it, it lived up. It was an outstanding game on both sides, and, 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 and it was just so great to watch a game like that last night and to see UConn win a game like that last night.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, they have not pulled out many of those the last couple of years. You know, that's been one of the things of closing out games. They did it. Yeah, you know, that 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 was great. Yeah, you know, last few years just hasn't – it's a, just, yeah, like last night kind of felt great, you know. Uh, the atmosphere was, yeah, unbelievable. It was right there. You know, that, again, it's – you know, that, that crowd was insane. Um, yeah, it's just – it's a totally – yeah, it's a, it's a new day for college – or for UConn basketball. Um, it, it's, it's, it's totally, you know, it, it's great to be back, you know? Yeah. The American was just, again, you know, nobody yet. Nobody was interested. It was, you know, again, kids, again, a lot of kids, especially around here, it's, they want to go play in the big East, you know, big East garden. Like that, that's what a lot of, that's why most of the East, the big East schools that left the ACC, that's why they're struggling. They can't get New York kids anymore. You no, know? those are all the big pipelines. My
1: pit is terrible. Syracuse isn't what they yeah.
2: want. Oh, they're all struggling. Yes, yeah, they're yeah.
1: struggling. Yeah, because you know the New York City kids want to play in the Big East. They remember going to that Big East tournament. All the memories of the Big East tournament. You go back to those Yukon pick games in the early 2000s. Then Jerry McNamara with that unbelievable run. Kemba, uh, you know, five games, uh, you know, five winning five in a row, leading UConn to five straight wins. You go to a, you go to a Syracuse uh, when they made that run in two thousand thirteen. That. And I was there that that night where they played Georgetown, in one of the last, one of the, uh, you know, one of the one of the last memories you had of the old Big East, they played Georgetown in that semifinal game went to overtime. So many, you know, people around the New York area wanted to play for, for for those Big East schools, and that's what made the tournament and made the league what it was. And I feel like with UConn back in the league, it's starting to become that again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You are so Yeah, you know, again, they may not be the old memories. But yeah, we're starting. You know, like they're starting to make some new memories now of like the new Big East here and kind of the new age of, of the conference. And, and yeah, it's great. You know, yeah, it was at that 2011 the finals. You know, against Louisville, that that was insane. Yeah, I guess you – know, like, yeah, you know, that was my first time at the Garden. Um, I, you know, like that, that was unbelievable. You know, like that was like the one kind of Big East tournament game I, I went to at the Garden. Unfortunately, I, I wish. Again, one of the goals for me was to go see all-16 teams play, but I never really got the chance, unfortunately. But, you know, yeah, like, again, you know, that Ray Allen game, too, against, oh, nice. you know, AI. Classic. That was classic. Oh, yeah.
1: Ray Allen. I mean, when when uh, St. John's and UConn went at it, when, back when St. John's had Ron Artest, when St. John's and UConn went at it for a couple of years there. I mean, just, 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 just some absolutely classic matchups. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's,
2: a, there. I don't know we can go all day, on. Oh yeah. Day, you know, on all day about all the all the great matchups that happened in the Big East back then. But yeah, you know, again, it's a great conference, and you know, it just yeah, like again, Vanderbilt. Again, I know you know it stinks that we don't play Syracuse. It stinks that we don't play Pittsburgh anymore. You know, like it, it kind of stinks we don't play West Virginia. You know, like those kind type of schools that you didn't have a problem with. Again, like I. I don't still don't know why they don't do a home and home with Syracuse every year or at least play in the Garden every year. I I don't understand that. Um, but yeah, you know, like, but again, you know, you still got Nova again. Like, there's still some other good kind of nothing like Syracuse or what. But like, you know, there's still some Xavier's been a really good program for you know the last you know, 20 years. You know, Creighton's got some a little bit of history. I know it's not the big brand, but yeah, you know, there's still much more exciting the American. And, you know, last night, yeah, it was like the first kind of big memory here, you know, big kind of new beast memory. Again, last year, this is really like the first year kind of like I feel like last year was just, you know, with us officially being back. Because last year just, you know, obviously with no fans, did not feel good at all. You know, it was not great. You know, it just didn't feel right. So, like, I feel like, you know, this is really the first year of, like, you kind of officially being back in this conference. And, you know, it it's it's great, you know. It's great getting to play all these teams again and going to all these games, and, and you know it's just great to have a bunch of games where you're just kind of excited. You kind of know you're seeing a great team. You're not seeing Tulane on on a Sunday, you know, uh, you know at two o'clock during like the NFC or you know during like the um, AFC or NFC Championship game weekend. Like you know, like it's just you know it's exciting to actually go see these these guys play. And yeah, you know it just. You know, you're, you're building new memories and taking that too. Please never take off those '99 uh, uniforms. I, those, you know, I know Hurley will probably never take those off till they lose in those, but they're so much better than the ones they have now. So that just make those a permanent home, please. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: I, yeah, I really like those uniforms. Oh yeah, I definitely, definitely hope they keep wearing those. But great win for UConn last night. we got to move on to the biggest story in college basketball, a very unfortunate story between Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, End of the game, you know, Jawan Howard was pressing. Greg Gard calls a timeout, and that's when everything – that's when all hell broke loose. The handshake line, uh, uh, Jawan Howard wanted to walk by Greg Gard. Greg Gard grabs his arm. And Jawan Howard starts telling him, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Greg Gard grabs his arm. And then everything went crazy after that. That sparked, you know, the two teams going at it. Jawan Howard hitting – a Wisconsin assistant and swing at a Wisconsin assistant, hitting him in the face. And my take on this is Jawan. How- I'm not condoning to anything. Jawan Howard did. Jawan Howard deserved to be suspended for five, for the rest of the regular season. He's lucky. He's not suspended for the postseason too. You can't put your hand, you can't swing at another coach like that. You're You're, 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 you're leading 18 to 20, 22 year old men. You're trying to, you know, teach them life lessons. You cannot ever do that. You cannot ever swing at another, at another, at, an, at another person like that. That's, Absolutely ridiculous. You do that, you know, out in public, you get arrested. But but the thing that really irritates me is why didn't Greg Garr get a one game suspension? It's absolutely ridiculous why Greg Gardner didn't get a one game suspension. He put his hands on Juan Howard. He put his hands on him. How does he not get suspended yeah. he either? I, I don't get that. The Big Ten dropped the ball. Could not have dropped the ball more here. With, with this, he, Greg Gard put his hand, I mean, I mean, Greg Gard put his hands on DeJuan Howard. He argued, I mean, he, he started, the whole thing, you know, escalated because Greg Gard put his hands on him. If he, if, if he just lets him, if he just lets Howard walk by, you know, the whole thing doesn't escalate. How does Greg Gard not get suspended? That, that to me, for a game, that's, that, to me, that's absolutely ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I didn't understand that one either. I figured he'd get at least a game or two. Uh like I know just kind of watching I know Greg Gard always kind of puts his hand around your back but in that moment and I think that the, the big thing that sparked it was yeah like he just he kind of answered to what Howard said and it's like dude just walk away you want just get out of there you know there, there's no reason um for that but yeah like Howard again I know it's been a rough year for him I know they 14-11 they were like Top five, like odds of winning the championship, the national championship tier. I know it's not lived up to expectations, and that's no excuse. And I, so, I know emotions are running high. You know, the timeout again, you're still pressing. You know, I like there's something hard, but I don't know. I, I'm on both sides there. It's like they're college kids. It's like, okay, you're not, it's not like you're up by 40. You know, you probably shouldn't there, but I, I don't know. I don't know if the time is really necessary, but then it, it but like, I assume you remember, too. This is strike two for Howard. Remember last year in the Big Ten Tournament against Maryland? The 11 minutes left, he got ejected. Went after the Maryland coach, too. Yeah he, went after, uh, yeah, he went after Mark Turgeon, yeah. Yeah, that's strike two. And this is year three or four for him. Like, it, you're in on strike two, Johan. You know, I know you're, you're you are know, I, I, you know, like, I know you're a former player. I know you're alma mater. I know you're strong. I know it's been a rough year, but, man, you just – again, I just – you know, and I was talking about this too with, you know, Hurley in the way, his antics. Again, their players started swinging too because your coach is swinging at another coach. Your players think it's okay. Yeah. I, I'm like, they got three games suspended against um, Rutgers tonight. Rutgers on fire. That's not going to be an easy and game tonight. Those are two teams that are on the
1: bubble. That's why it was so <laughs> dumb of Jawan Howard to, to do what he did. I mean, your team's on the bubble. You got a winnable game tonight. You, I mean, your schedule's really brutal the last five games. I know you're upset that Greg Gard called that timeout. But you know, you there's no you've no right to go sw- swing swinging an assistant coach after a game. You're supposed to be setting an example for these kids and these young men, and you're just you're, I, I, you just cannot do that at all. And this is the funny thing about this the thing about the situation is is no one is, is everyone's at fault here. Greg. Gard is at fault, and Jawan Howard is at fault. They both were were totally wrong for what they did. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, Jawan Howard first, Jawan Howard shouldn't be pressing late in the game. Uh, Greg Gard should not be calling a timeout up by fourteen, up by fifteen, in, the, in with like thirty seconds to go, he shouldn't be calling a timeout. And then, obviously, at the end, you know, you, you, when when Howard doesn't want to shake your hand, you shouldn't be putting your hands on another coach. And then, obviously, Howard has no right to just snap and go crazy like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody's at fault. It's just it don't kind of feeling in the room, and you know, again, it affects your your Michigan players now that are suspended yeah you know again phil martelli's a very good coach it was not right what st joe's did firing him again like you know phil martelli's better coach than juan howard is so like it's not like they're they got some nobody on the bench now but you know call you know again phil martelli it's kind of he's a very good coach um but like you know you're still missing i think two of them are starters you know that you're missing tonight you know yeah like your your season's kind of on the line, you know, you had Illinois at home coming up, Michigan State at home, Iowa at home, you know, this four-game stretch and yeah, none of those games are easy. And, yeah, it's just, again, it's just, you know, adults going kind of fail. You know, how do you, you know, again, it just, like, if you're, you're like a parent, recruit, it's like, you know, you want your son or daughter to go play for a coach that, again, is going to act, you know, like responsible in spots like that of kind of just knowing when to walk away. Cause again, you're just, it's just causing trouble. Again, it, it looks bad in everybody. Again, I, you know, it just, it's a totally different kind of, uh, you know, for, for how to kind of do that was, it is ridiculous. It's just, it's a bad look for both programs. um You know, guard it definitely should have been, you know, the Wisconsin assistant a coach is a suspended game. It was well-deserved. It's just, yeah. You know, everybody's to blame. It's just, it's just a poor example. Again, in the first weekend, too, that there was no football callbacks we had to compete with, and that's the biggest storyline. I know there was not really many game, great games over the weekend, but that's your big storyline, you know, it, it's because it's been a really fun, interesting season and kind of wide-open year, and it, it's very unfortunate that, again, once again, coaches kind of like – coaches' adults kind of ruin the moment um, it, because, you know, they just – once again, they, you can't control your emotions. I think that's the biggest thing as a coach is, in game after game, the staying calm. And you know that's why the great ones kind of win, because they can control their emotions. Both those guys can't. That's kind of you know that's unfortunate. It's totally unfortunate. Those that that um incident. It looks well, it looks horrible for college basketball.
1: And, and and yeah, and you made the point that this is the, that this is the first weekend when there's no football. Th- this is the headline. The college basketball, let's be honest, popularity wise, has gone down over the years. You know, with the guys now playing overseas and not not the best, some of the best players not playing it. Jalen Green didn't play college basketball. The Mellow Ball didn't play college basketball. Some of the best players haven't played it. So the so the popularity has gone down. This is the this 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 is the first weekend that where you're kind of taking the yeah. yeah I know there was the NBA All Star Game and everything, and the Daytona Daytona 500, but this is the first weekend where you're kind of taking the spotlight a little bit. And this is the story. It's just, it's, 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 it's absolutely terrible, terrible for the game. And, uh, and, and you're, you're right. The, and, you, and you talk about coaches' maturity. And I was saying that last night about, you know, the difference between Dan Hurley and, and and Jay Wright. Jay Wright would never do what Dan Hurley did last night and put his team in that position. Now, obviously hurt that you kind of ended up winning. So it's not as big of a story, but yeah, that just these coaches need to keep their composure. I mean, or it's just, it's, it's embarrassing on, on both for both programs. It's, 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 it couldn't be more like Michigan right now, you know, you know, obviously beeline leaves and, you know, they hire Jawan Howard. They want to bring, you know, the fab five back. I mean, and and then he does something like this. I'm telling you, he's lucky. He didn't lose his job. After the two incidents, it's the, the, the previous incident last year. He's lucky. He didn't lose his job. I mean, he's very lucky. He's not suspended for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, not he, rest yeah. of the you know, he's suspended for the rest of the regular season, yeah. but rest the rest of the is suspended for the Big Ten tournament
2: too. Yeah, no, he, he is, and I was a little surprised because it's like they when they made decisions, it's like you know, I, well, it was more Big Ten than Michigan actually. So, um, but yeah, like again, yeah, it this final, it's on. It's just you can't, you know, yeah, it just you know that's just a huge thing. He's done, you know, he's done a good job with you know since John Beilein took the uh, Cavs job a couple years ago. You know, he's kind of. You know, Bill, I know this year has not been great, but, you know, he's kind of kept it steady where John Bieland kind of had it when he left this, this team. And, yeah, as a former – again, one of the big stars, you know, at Michigan all-time, and as you said, part of that 5-5 team. Again, it, it's strike two for him. Like he he's really has to clean some things up now because, again, I, Michigan can't keep dealing with something like – again – Big Ten's not gonna keep dealing with something like incidents like this. Again, it's bad for the sport. It's bad. It's a bad look for the program. It's a bad look, you know, for the school. It's a it's a bad look for the Big Ten if they keep allowing it for something like this to happen. You know, it's just a bad look all around. It's a bad look for the sport. You know, it's yeah. It just you know, things that you know you just yeah. You gotta just you know be more mature. I know he hasn't been a head coach forever. He's been what? He was since a coach what did he like three or four years before he took the job like I, I know he has not been a coach forever but that's no excuse you, you still got to learn and know how to act I mean the guy was like under Eric like that, that guy I know it's a totally different NBA college it's kind of you know especially Racine it's kind of did a little bit different but you know sports seems like one of the common guys out there but yeah it's just uh, just a total black eye for the sport that that was your big storyline out this weekend because you know, it, because now with football uh, and, like, I think the Northeast Conference Tournament starts, like, Monday. Like, it's, like, now college basketball, like, the regular season for most people, you only kind of, you know, when football's done. You only got about two weeks until, like, the first tournament tips off. So, yeah, you know, like, again, with the football pushing back now, yeah, it's tougher for college basketball. And for something like that, it does not look good for the sport.
1: No, for Michigan, the only saving grace is thank God they got Phil Martelli. Thank God they got Phil Martelli as an assistant coach, a guy who was a head coach at St. Joe's for, I mean, he was a head coach for a while. I think it was 15, 20 years. 20, yeah. He was a head coach at St. Joe's for a while. Got got almost come to a final four back when they had Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. So thank God they got Phil Martelli. Cause if they didn't have Phil Martelli as an assistant, I think Michigan yeah. would be in big trouble.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Cause I don't know who that, that next guy down is. And yeah, you know, again, that, you gotta get drawn out for going out and getting that guy. Um to have on his staff. You know, but yeah, he, he's you know he's unbelievable. He's been great. Again, I kind of said it earlier. The, the way St. Jones got rid of him by actually firing him, it was it was ridiculous. And they again, they had not got out of their kind of ways yet. They're they're still struggling. Um, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate, but yeah, you know, um it, it's good he's kind of you know, it, yeah. Like again, Michigan's not gonna lose a step. I, you know, I think Howard's a pretty good to coach but obviously, right now at at this point, Phil Martelli's is a, a better coach than Juan Howard is. So, yeah, you know, Michigan, okay, coaching-wise, again, yeah. But it's like you kind of affect your team here. You got you you're missing three guys tonight in a big game against Rutgers.
1: Absolutely, it's another team that's trying to get both team trying to get into the NCAA tournament, and you're playing with the hand behind your back, with without uh, with some. I mean, you do have Martelli coaching, but you you are without yeah. you are without some of your better players, so. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an uphill climb for Michigan uh, going forward. But to wrap up, we're gonna talk about one of the bigger games uh, uh, this weekend, and we got KU going to Baylor. Uh, this is this is a game where uh, I think Kansas wins. I think Baylor is a very overrated. I think they're overrated. I think Kansas is the better team. Baylor doesn't have a player as good as a I know they're the defending champs. And they're at home, and that's kind of interesting why they're playing this game head to head with the Nets and Bucks game. I'm kind, of, kind of it's kind of interesting why they're doing that, but. I think Kansas Kansas wins it close.
2: Yeah, I got Kansas. Um, I believe well, I won't no, game day, they don't really even care what time they start. I don't know if it's game day there. They don't usually like opt out of the, but they probably uh I don't know why H fans are really going head to head in this one. Um it should be a good you know, I hope it's a good one. Problem is, yeah, it's Baylor. I, I think at healthy, I think Baylor's a team that could get to the final four. Again, I just don't I don't think they're getting healthy. I don't know when LJ Cryers come so back. They miss him. James Kinjo, he's been banged up pretty much all year. Been battling a back injury. You know, Adam Flatt Flatt um, Flagler, was banged up too Monday night, and he pretty much carried him. And then Jonathan Tomachachi was out for the remainder of the year with the that was a horrible knee injury. It Just yeah, they're just kind of banged up, and they kind of need you know they're kind of hoping they just need some guys to kind of get up, carry him. Kendall Brown starting to play really well, but yeah, I just I don't think they have. The scoring ability and yeah with Ojib, I'm you know Ojibji and, and the way Kansas is playing right now, they're they're playing pretty well. I, I do think Kansas on the road gets this one. And you know, they'll be up, you know, three, you know, they'll at least be up two games still, or they'll be up three on Baylor and then two still on Texas Tech. It's a big one for Kansas, try to punch another beautiful title. Um, you know, again, it's as only as Kansas is not great defensively. But the way Baylor – with just Baylor with everybody out right now, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Because Baylor's really trying to grind out, out games, keep games kind of in the, you know, 60s, low 70s. But against Kansas, I just cannot see them being able to do it. Again, it's at home. It's a Saturday night. You know, the place is going to be rocking. So maybe the crown get you know, again, some early shots fall down for Baylor. Some confidence starts going. You never know. But this is going to be a tough one for, for the Bears to win. I do think – I agree. Kansas is a better team right now. Um, I just think with the way they can score the basketball And you know I think they played defense well enough To escape Waco But yeah I think it's much closer than it was You know three weeks ago when Kansas beat them by about 30
1: Yeah we'll see it should be a good
0: Big 12 matchup
1: But we got Brian Flores Back in the NFL But before we talk about that we got a promo from Club Across Media
0: Apps can do a lot of cool things You could order dinner Gamble on your favorite team And track your health you could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents, they're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future homebuyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut. Where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.any-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at any-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. AnyMAC Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, AnyMAC Home Mortgage. lo Act. Direct. your First Mortgage Correspondent. Licensed Lender Broker Number, ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number, 20112810L. Call for additional details.
1: All righty, Brian Flores is back in the NFL. He's, he's hired as the linebacker's coach and defensive assistant of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, I, I applaud the Steelers for making this move. I think, obviously, I'm not completely surprised because... We you have the Rooney rule out there. The Steelers owned by, are owned by the Rooney family. So I'm not surprised with this move. I'm I'm really ex- I'm I'm happy that Brian Flores is on the staff. And I and I think you know I think he, I I'm I'm not surprised at this. I think I'm think uh, I'm I'm happy about this. I'm happy for Flores. I'm happy that he's I'm happy that he's in the league. I'm happy that he's back in the league. I didn't want to see him sit out. So I know we couldn't get a head coaching job, but I'm happy that Flores is back in the league. Uh, at with the Steelers, Justin, were you surprised by this move?
2: No, be I, not really. And I thought the Steelers would kind of be the one team because, as you mentioned, the Rooney rule. You know, it, it was kind of, you know, from, you know, the Steelers, um, you know, owner, the family. So, yeah, you know, again, he deserves another chance. You know, you know, I kind of said it a couple weeks ago. Like, if I was GM, he would have been my first call looking like for a head coach in the circuit. You know, it's unfortunate. Again, I, I'm glad he's got a job, you know, somewhere. Again, he probably should be a head coach or coordinator at least somewhere. But at, at least the Steelers are picking him up. Here and going to have him on the staff again it's a good it's a good organization to be with it's a good team especially that defense i'm excited kind of see i know he's like a defensive analyst and linebacker coach but again i i, I kind of imagine tom was gonna let him have some input and again um that defense could get even better with him so yeah no i, I wasn't really surprised and I, I think it's a really good hire from the steelers um applaud him for doing it so yeah you know I, i'm glad the floor is able to find something i know it's not probably what he was looking for or, or you know, I know probably one you know, obviously I know we want to know the head coach job, but he, you know, he was able to find something It does not shock, you know, with the Steelers.
1: No, oh, no, no, no. I mean, not not at all. I mean, I, I really I really I like this hire. I think I I think, you know, I think he's gonna be, you know, I think, yeah, I think Tom is definitely gonna get more responsibility knowing that he's a head coach, knowing he's a head coach with success. And uh, I don't know if he's ever gonna give back being a head coach, but I think to put, you know, put him on this staff with a pretty good defense. You got a defense with uh with uh, T.J. White, you get a defense with Cam Hayward. You get a defense with Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's gonna be weird the dynamic between him and Minka Fitzpatrick because uh-huh. Fitzpatrick he left the Dolphins, uh when Florida his first year as the head coach. I don't that dynamic can be a little bit weird, but I think the move really, I think this move is really gonna, really gonna help this. I think this move is gonna help this team. I don't know if it makes a humongous difference, but I think it's gonna help this team. Uh, and just, so I think because I think it's gonna help this team because I just think having another you know experienced coach on the staff. Is going to make this team, you know, this team was got to the playoffs last year. They're obviously they do need a quarterback. That's that's pretty obvious. Uh, they're, they're obviously going to need they're going to need a quarterback. We'll see what they do in the offseason there. But just having another coach with coaching experience really helps this coaching staff. Justin, how do you feel like it's going to help the Steelers?
2: Yeah, I, I think it does help the Steelers. I think with that defense, yeah, as you said, yeah, another head coach kind of in that room. Um, I, I think it's always good to kind of have another guy, you know, in there that kind of has dealt with like all kind of everything that head coach got to deal with day in and day out in, in the NFL, you know, and the guy that's, again, he's been around the Patriots organization as well. Like he's been around the block. He kind of, again, the Steelers are a good organization. It's not like he's got to come in here and it's like, he's working with some, you know, like a dolphins for an office or organization where it's just kind of clueless. But yeah, you know, um, again, I think with that defense and the linebackers that they have, you know, it'll be very interesting what kind of input he puts in there. It kind of, you know, does suggest any changes. But, yeah, you know, it's a defense who, you know, the defense pretty much carried the Steelers' of playoffs last year. Um, you know, obviously they need a quarterback. But, you know, it'll be very interesting how he can make this defense even better. Cause again, it's it's a seller defense. Um, it, you know, Steelers usually have a very good defense. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to kind of see what – um, I you know, in a tough division, too, where you, you got a lot of really good quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow in those offenses. So, you know, and I know the Browns have a lot of talent around Baker, but if they find the quarterback, you know, it, it's good, I think, in that division to kind of find another defensive-minded coach like Brian Flores is in, in that division because, you know, because who knows what happens to that quarterback for the Steelers. So they may have to grind some games out next year and, and have another guy like that um they like Flores could really take advantage of that if they can't find the quarterback they want this off season.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, if you look at the Steelers season. It was a lot of, you know, grinding out wins really despite Big Ben. I mean, they won a lot, they won a lot, they won obviously that last one against the, against the uh that last one against the uh against the Ravens, they had, you know, the win on opening day against the Bills. I mean, there there was a lot of wins that they they just they really grinded out and yeah, having, you know, a guy like Flores on that staff. Just makes it's just gonna make the defense even better. You might see them play a little bit more man coverage this year because Flores like to play a lot of man coverage in Miami. But yeah, I'm obviously happy for him being back in, in the league. And I'm I'm happy for the Steelers. And you talked about how competitive the division, is that's why I don't think it's gonna be as easy for the Bengals to get to the Super Bowl, because you got the Ravens that are, you know, with, with Lamar's back. Uh, you got you got obviously you got obviously got the Browns with their roster and you got the Steelers, and and as long as Tom is there, they're gonna be competitive. So that's why I think it's going to be tough for the Bengals to get back to the Super Bowl because
2: of, you know, how competitive
1: this division is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it could be for the Bengals, um, you know, and then you talk about teams outside the, the division, the Chiefs, you know, the Bills, you know, um, for the Bengals. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it's a tough division. And to add another guy that could kind of help you navigate through it, like a Brian Ford, I think it's excellent. It's going to be, um, you know, I think it's going to be a good transition here for him. you know, yeah, you know they will be. They play more man coverage, and again with the guys they have in the edges, do they blitz more? I know he's gonna be working the linebackers. Does he blitz the linebackers more this year? Like, you know, it'll be very interesting what kind of things they scheme up this offseason. Kind of, you know, either, you know, use in the right, you know, next season. So yeah, um, yeah, I you know I do like to hire again. It's yeah somebody in that room to kind of help you out get through this division because yeah it's a, it's it's a tough division and you know. Again, they were able to sneak in this year with all the injuries that kind of happened. They're able, you know, still to find their way to get in a wildcard spot. But yeah, now, um, you know, now I know the Steelers want to kind of get back in that AFC North division. I think Blind Forest does help that out bringing him in um, right now. It absolutely
1: does. It absolutely it absolutely does. And I'm excited to see him back in the league this year on Mike Tomlin's staff. But I'll wrap it up for for uh, wrap it up. I'll uh, wrap it up there. But we had NBA All Star Weekend, and we're starting we're starting the second half of the NBA season. Before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media.
0: That lane blocked by Randall. Julius Randall with an excellent defensive play. Joel battling in the paint, laying it up and in. Uh oh, uh oh. Done time. Oh, wrap it up. Thompson just the two points. This deep- oh, dribbling. Oh, exploding to the rim.
1: That is the posting up podcast. I will be making an appearance on that tonight at six o'clock. So make sure you check it out. Jace, Sean, Zay, it's Jace, uh, Jace. Am I correct? It's me, you, Sean, and uh, Sean, and, and, Isaiah, and Isaiah tonight. But make sure you check out the posting up podcast. Six o'clock tonight. I will be on it. You definitely want to hear my opinions on everything that's going on around the NBA tonight at six o'clock. Even though I'll be sure to give my opinions right now, I'll, I'll be on posting up at six o'clock. So make sure you check that out. But the big story in the NBA, obviously, All Star weekend was this weekend. You had the skills competition uh, this week, you know, with all, but the, obviously in the skills competition, all the Cavaliers guys won. You got Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, and a Jared Allen. They won the skills competition. You had three point contest won by Carl Anthony Towns and the slam dunk contest won by, uh, by, by uh, obi top and i mean i know there's a lot of criticism of the slam dunk contest it was boring mm-hmm. and it was really really it, it was a very boring slam dunk contest i, I personally fell asleep during it because it was so boring <laughs> uh, you probably were watching uh, i bet you were watching that oregon arizona game during it uh yes, point yeah. shooting competition okay uh but uh, the and the skills competition was okay but they just gotta get stars back in the dunk contest that might have been one of the worst dunk contests i've ever seen and there have been a lot of bad ones over the yeah. last decade
2: yeah the dunk that this is my opinion on it too like i think like all the good ones like guys have kind of running out of ideas like you know like when blake griffin jumped over the car like and that was like for me kind of like my journey i feel like that was like the peak of the dunk contest it's like yeah it just it does not live up i used to love watching contests i i don't think i've watched it the last few years now like i just have not been interested in it, it just does not really excite me anymore unfortunately i used to love it you know um but yeah, I'm just not really into it anymore. You know, I, again, like all these like all-star stuff. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's tough to get into, but all of it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you're the same way. I don't really, it, it's kind of tough to get into like some of these all-star stuff. It's just, I don't know. Not to, it's kind of cool to see some of the skills, the new like skill stuff they added in and the, the three-point kind like, I know like Steph Curry probably doesn't want to be in it because he loses. It kind of looks bad, but it's like, I would love to see like how many three Steph Curry can hit in like a three-point contest. It's like. But I know it's probably one of those things where it's like he doesn't, there's probably a ton of pressure because everybody knows, you know, thinks he's going to win and somebody knocks him off. But um, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. Dunk contest has not lived up to what it used to be if you're, you know, back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, even further before.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these, the only thing I'm really excited about now for All Star Weekend is the home run derby because you have to actually yeah. physically go out and hit home, run, hit home runs. That's the only event I get excited about. the, the skills competition really doesn't do it for me. 3 point shooting contest is probably my favorite because yes, you actually have to physically go out and shoot a 3. Mm. The dunk contest is just it gone way downhill over the years. 3 point shooting contest I don't mind, but yeah, this all All-Star, All-Star weekend in the NBA is just it, it it's it's more for the entertainment than it is for the for for everything that's going on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, yeah, it's like you know, that don't yeah, the sports are like an entertainment business. Yeah, that's kind of what they're doing it for yeah you know it's the home run derby yeah I get into three point contest like i would love to just watch three point contests like curry young like some oh, of like right. oh like, yeah like that's something i would really be amped up for you yeah, know three point contests again like i know think down is a good shooter i just would never have thought that he would win a three point contest like you know it's just one of those one of those things that you know like that and the home run derby aren't bad it's so yeah the nhl one the new one they actually did was pretty cool um kind of with, with um you know, trying to like kind of score like a shootout type type goal. Some of those are kind of cool, but yeah, it's like one of those things though, yeah. Like it's like well, I forgot who it was. Actually, the re um reinvented like the scene from like dodgeball. the movie dodgeball was pretty cool. But yeah, it just um it's it's yeah, it's how it kind of took the name to. It, but yeah, like it, it doesn't dunk contest not too much like so you have the unlimited chances to get a dunk. I don't know, it just there's it, it's no time limit. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. Three point contests yet yeah, in um, home and derby I can get into.
1: Yeah, I mean, and now moving on to the All Star game. The All Star game is
2: outside of the end, I I don't mind the new format to be honest. Yeah. You know,
1: at the end, but outside of that, the game's a joke. No one plays defense. But at the end, I actually don't mind it. I don't mind you know the fourth quarter of it. I don't mind them playing up to a cert, to a certain score. Uh, I I don't mind that it was competitive at the end. I do like the, like it being, I like how competitive it is at the end. I think that it's better than it used to be. But the game is still very, very unentertaining, especially for three quarters.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it gives a little bit more urge with this new rule that, like, you have to be so close to have a chance. It's not like, okay, you know, we can try to come back from, like, 30 late third quarter, early, you know, fourth quarter, because you only – it's the, you know, obviously the Kobe 24. So I do like that because I think it gives teams more urgency to kind of stay competitive early and kind of keep it close and not get run out of the building early. But yeah, like it's just I I'll, I watch the final five minutes when I saw it get close and okay, so that's yeah, that's it. Like I, I I I don't watch any. The only one I really watch is MLB because there's nothing else on. But, but like the, I would pro- yeah, there's nothing else on the MLB. The yeah. problem with the baseball all star game it's
1: it's just, it's another really boring game because it's all pitchers and now the game means nothing. Doesn't mean home field advantage. I mean I don't think that game should have meant home field advantage anyways. But it's just that's just a bore because it's just it's a pitcher's duel.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why it's just yeah, it's just tough to yeah. All of them. I, I don't think I've watched a Pro Bowl in like a decade. NHL, I don't really watch much of the All Star game. So yeah, it just I, I watched like the final five minutes of that because yeah, it, it's an entertaining ending. Again, I, I wish it's all every All Star, you know, besides baseball. I just wish there's some defense played. I know nobody wants to foul each other, but it's just it's just unwatchable. But as you mentioned, yeah, it's all just entertainment purpose. That's all.
1: Yeah, they really should just just instead of playing the games now, just 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 honor them at. You know they're not going to give up All Star Weekend, but just honor them as All Stars. Just say they're All Stars. Do they really? Maybe just even have these comp. Maybe just have the competitions and not even play the game anymore because the game is just so. None of these games are entertaining or exciting. But I don't. But that will never happen because they're never going to give
2: up the money. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. It's like because then like. I know because it's like them and that baseballs, or yeah, actually NHL too knows. It's only, but um, like, I get like freak injuries could happen. Like, I know they don't play much defense, but it's like, you can try to do a crossover, you could still tear your ACL. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, there's still a like, chance of you getting hurt and, you know, having to miss some time. But yeah, you know, I, I kind of wish they didn't do most of them. But yeah, it's the money. It's, they're never giving that up because what, you know, it's not like a mil- one or $2 million to get, or maybe more, but I, mistaken on that? But, yeah, they're never going to give up the money for that. That's, that's why, unfortunately. But, yeah. Again, as long as the ending's good, I'll tune in for the ending. But, yeah, that's about it. That's about all I watch out of it. Just, yeah, it's just I, – I, I like your idea of kind of just honoring them during the weekend. But, yeah, they'll, they'll never give up the money. No, 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 not, not at all, not at all. So the, def- the defending Western Conference
1: champions, champions have, have, a, have a key player that's going to be out for a little while. Chris Paul out six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. I don't know. The, the big question is, could the Warriors overtake them? I still think they're getting the number one seed. I still think they are getting the number one seed. I, I, I think Devin Booker. I, I Listen, I think Chris Paul is still really good, but the best player on the team is Devin Booker. And as long as Devin Booker is out there, I don't think that the Suns are going to give up that lead. I still think they're going to end up being the number one seed in the Western Conference. Now, do I think, even with Chris Paul, do, you, do I think they're going to win the Western Conference? No, I think the Warriors are. But I, I still think with Devin Booker, they're going to win the Western conference.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I like, you know, this Suns team, you know, I, yeah. Chris Paul, again, what he's doing at his age, he's still up there again. He makes the whole team better around him, but yeah, you got Booker. So you got DeAndre Ayton. So, and I think for the time being Cameron Payne is a suitable point guard. Again, I'm not trying to compare him to Chris Paul or anything, but I, I think he's a suitable enough point guard. They kind of handle the role here until, you know, probably till you know, right around when the playoffs start. You know, again, they have a a six-and-a-half game lead. You have one game left against the Warriors. You're one and two against them. But, like, looking at their schedule. It's not too daunting either. You only have the Warriors once, like, you know, you still have the Pelicans I think once or twice more – or twice. They still – you know, I I think at the end of March they have a stretch of, like, the Timberwolves, Nuggets on the road, Sixers at home, Warriors at home, and at Memphis. Like, that five-game stretch is – it's gonna be difficult, but yeah, with a six-game, six and a half-game lead, I think this team's still good enough around. They have enough good. They have an, They have enough good pieces to not to not blow that lead. That the team's playing really well. They're so good defensively. I can't see them. You know, Chris Paul is a great player. You know, he, he's been great for ever since he stepped in the league. But yeah, I again, I I cannot see this team blowing a six and a half-game lead with, you know, pretty much like a um, you know month or. Just about two months left of the year, or
1: season. Uh, I yeah, I agree. I agree. I, th- I think I think with uh, yeah, I know CP three's been great for them, but with Devin Booker, I just can't see them see them giving up that lead. I think they're going to have home court advantage in the West, but as I said, I don't think they win the West. I give, I think still think the Warriors are the favorite in the West if Clay and Steph can get going. That there the, on there, there's no one that's going to. I think there's no one's going to beat them in that conference.
2: Yeah, it's very possible. Again, I the Warriors have been so up and down since he came back. I know they've kind of you know. They were playing well to begin February not, you know, to go in the all-star break, they lost four or five, you know, but again, I, I could not believe they blew that game to the Knicks. If, you know, I, I, you know that, that was a surprising one, the way the Knicks have been playing. I know they played like the Nuggets and Clippers. Like, yeah, if the, if the Warrior team can get going, they're the most dangerous team in that conference and maybe even in the entire league, you know, especially they, they got some, you know, they built a really good team around, you know, with, with Jordan Poole has been really good. Um, you know, obviously they—they, they, um, you know, I know they—they miss Draymond Green and Jace Wiseman, you know, as a top pick, but yeah, you know, Jonathan uh, Kuminga has been playing better since he's kind of had to insert himself till he got inserted in the lineup. So yeah, I think the Warrior team's got enough around them. I think they're gonna be a tough out, and yeah, you know, that I think it's probably I do think though if the Warriors can get it going with Stephen and, and Clay, I think they're very you know. Close uh um they they're they're a very tough scene to stop.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So the next story we'll talk about is uh Zion has not talked to CJ McCollum since he has joined the Pelicans. And I think that I think Zion, you gotta talk to your own teammates. I think I think Zion's trying to angle to get out of New Orleans. I think the family's not happy with him being there. I think he's angling to get out of there and and go somewhere else. I just don't think this 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 relationship between Zion and the Pelicans is lasting.
2: No no it's not um it, like when have they really haven't even all gave it, like a zion update in a while like it was like right around christmas it was supposed to be oh well, up. you know there'll be another update at the end of january i i unless if i missed it i don't think i've seen another since from zion you know for, about zion since like i i you know yeah i just i don't know what and again i know the foot problem again it's a weight problem i just yeah it just this is it's a horrible look for a teammate um very interesting. They asked, they asked the question, but I said, you know, smart on that, you know, good, enough, good, good, good for them. But, um, yeah, I, again, it's a horrible look. I know he's dead. Yeah, it was like, what June, they kind of said that he wanted to kind of get out of there or did the family did. Um, again, he's got all the talent in the world. He just has not played. And he, when he's played, he's been good. It's like, I, I just, I don't know why he won't, won't give that. Team, again, I don't think that team even with Zion's a, a title contender, but, you know, give it a shot. At least you got a good player. At least they're trying to help you, you know, at least acknowledge it. I don't, again, Duke big man, you know, again, another Duke big man right now really showing the leak. You know, I know it's very early, but he's looking like he's a, you know, another Duke bus. I, I don't think he will. I, if he can ever get healthy, but it's just, we haven't seen him enough the last in first couple of years in the league after, you know, everyone, you know, Took the college basketball world by storm, and you know we just has not played much in the NBA. Oh yeah, I remember when he came out. I was a Knicks fan. I was hoping they
1: would be, they'd win the lottery so they would get him. But John Morant has proven to be clearly a better player just because he's able to shoot threes, able to do more. Zion's great at getting the basket, but the problem is he doesn't shoot threes and he can't stay healthy. And your best ability is availability, and Zion just hasn't been available for this team. So I'm not saying he's a bust yet, but his lack of availability
2: has really, really hurt him so, so far in his career. Yeah, absolutely. And as kind of we talk about that too, like what would a team give up for Zion? I know the potential is there, but it's like you haven't really – you can't say healthy. Like do you really give up your entire future to kind of have this guy on your team? You know, like that that's the thing I think could be tough. Like could it end it up in like another situation maybe like, you know, with the Sixers and, and Ben Simmons. Like you may not get the offer you want. You know, type thing because I I can imagine the Pelicans are going to be asking a lot for this guy. But yeah, you know, it's you can't say healthy. Who's really going to want you? Who's good? Because you it, you know it's going to be multiple first round picks and probably a top, not a top, but like probably a good, to young kind of, you know, kind of get it got got some potential to kind of be like a, a star. So I just you know I don't really see this i don't see any team right now really giving him up until zion could play a string of games where he's healthy but again especially at this point we're almost in march you know it doesn't even sound like he's ramping up anytime soon it's like i don't think he's gonna play this year you know like it's another wasted year so yeah i, I again i think it could be bad for the pelicans if you may not get what you want for this guy if you do try to end up trading him.
1: yeah i remember back when uh the Pelicans got drafted him. We're thinking, you know, him and AD being together for for a while. Then AD gets traded to the Lakers, and uh, for and, and then uh, and now Zion can't stay healthy. So just 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 still with the Pelicans, man. It's it's just the, the franchise just can't get things turned around. I mean, Brandon Ingram's good, but he's not turning your franchise around.
2: No, no, absolutely not. He He's a good player, but yeah, he's not. And again, especially in the Western Conference, when you got a Booker and the and Splash Brothers and Curry Thompson, obviously you still got LeBron in there. Like, yeah, Brandon Ingram's not going to be able to carry you by himself. He's a good player, and he's really kind of upset uh, of his game since leaving Los Angeles. But yeah, um, you know, like CJ McCollum's a good shooter, but like his numbers have kind of dropped off a little bit shooting percentage wise. You know, you know, last couple of years. But yeah, like. Yeah, Zion and AD was like supposed to be like a big, big thing again. AD, one of the best centers out there again when he's healthy. And then, yeah, bringing in Zion, it can, yeah, that was going to be something, you know, bringing back like the paint, you know, big, you know, Pelicans are going to be great in the paint. That yeah, just they trade him to LA, they trade them to Lakers, and you're, you know, AD just going to go to the Lakers. That yeah, just hasn't, you know, and the Pelicans did. Just again, just another kind of failed kind of opportunity here to try to change the culture. Since um, it just, yeah, it just really hasn't worked. They, you know, for for a while, and it's unfortunate. You know, they've they've had some stars, kind of they've gotten some stars, and they just, you know, haven't been on unha- just been unhappy, or they just haven't been able to do enough around that guy. And it's unfortunate that um, they they just have not been able to do it down there.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It just it just isn't happening
2: down in New Orleans. It just it just isn't. And They
1: got to hope that they can they could, you know, hopefully maybe get Zion back and get him to want to play there, but at this point it's not looking good for the Pelicans. But we'll wrap up talking about the Saturday night game this week between the Nets and the Bucks. Uh I think this game will be fun with Durant and Kyrie. Oh no, no, I no, think Durant's still out. So it'll be Ky- it'll be Kyrie, it'll be Kyrie Irving uh, against the, against the against the Bucks and I think the Bucks win it by 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 double digits. Is you know if Simmons is back for the game I think it's so, still no,
0: another couple weeks away. They're okay, saying. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so yeah,
1: so I think it'll be a. I think it'll be a game that the Bucks win, uh, pretty hand. I think they win it by double digits. I mean, Kyrie's good, but he really isn't good enough to carry a team. uh To, to, to carry a team in a game like against a team like the Bucks, and, and going forward, I think the Bucks have the better chance to win the East. I mean, I think the Nets are one of the four top. They're one the, even with even though they're the eighth seed, I think they're one of the top four teams in the East because it's because of Kevin Durant. With the, with the Sixers, with the Heat, and with the Bucks, But I think I think the Bucs win this game. I, I think the Bucs win this game. I think the Bucs have the better chance of making a run just because they got Giannis. Their chemistry is better. The thing about the Nets is you don't know about this vaccination rule if Kyrie's going to be able to play in home games. You know the Bucs with Giannis and with Middleton, with Bobby Portis, with uh, with uh, with Drew Holiday. You know that team's going to be together. So that's why I think the Bucs, the defending champions, have a better
2: chance to make a run in the East than the Nets do. I have the uh, Bucs as well win this game Saturday. Yeah you know, Durant does not look – CBS Sports says he's out at least until February 28th. So maybe next weekend they'll get um, Kevin Durant back. But, yeah, it sounds like Simmons is another couple weeks away. It sounded like the target date was at Philly, which I don't (laughs) – if he's battling with a mental health thing, I I don't think that was going to be – that's not the best spot to put Ben Simmons in his first game. But I I don't know. Uh, I – you know, I – who knows? But yeah, I I think the Pel or I mean the Bucks win this game. Yeah, Giannis, you know with Giannis out there, Chris Middleton, you know yeah without KD, I know they signed Gordon Drogic, again veteran point guard, but yeah you, you know um, could help the the Nets, you know in this one. But yeah, you, I know you got Kyrie, he's gonna probably be available in this game, but uh, yeah. I think the Bucs right now are the better team. I think they got the more piece around them. I think they I think, you know, right now what they have on the floor, I think it's gonna be better what the Nets can bring out there. But for the better shot to win the East, I'm gonna go with the Nets. If this vaccination Ooh. thing kinda clears up, Kyrie can play at home. Kevin Durant almost single handedly beat the Bucks last year. You could say like if his foot was what, like a inch smaller, that's a three and they win the series. Like they could have Kyrie back. You know, I think Gordon Drys is a guy that played a lot of postseason basketball. So, obviously, he's no Kyrie Irving, but, again, I think he could make a Kevin Durant, um, you know, a Kevin Durant better out there. You know, like a Joe Harris, I think he could make guys better out there. If, if he can come back, I know it's early March, but, like, I think Gordon Drys could make guys better if you don't have Kyrie available at home games. Again, there's so much more pressure on the Nets, too. The Bucks kind of won last year. They got over the hump. like. You know, I think if the Nets are healthy and they have their guys, then Buck the Nets should have been last year and they were very banged up. I think this is the year they, they the Nets will get will get them. Um I, I do don't I don't mind the Gordon Dragic pickup either for for Brooklyn. I, I think that's a nice addition. To have him at home games too when you don't have Kyrie for the time being, I think he can make some guys around this team a little bit better as well. So I know he's not the same guy as he was the last few years, but I think he's a serviceable pickup as well.
1: I I disagree. I think it's even with Kyrie. I think it's the Bucks because I don't trust Kyrie Irving. I don't trust Kyrie Irving. He Mm. holds teammates back. He doesn't make guys better around them. Giannis is much better at making guys better around him. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. They do have KD, and he can make the guys better around. He can make the guys better around. But I feel like Kyrie is going to want to be Kyrie and want to be the reason why they win instead of being you know. Second to Kevin Durant. Uh, that's why I don't trust the Nets. I don't trust Kyrie Irving. That's why I still think the Bucs have a better chance of getting to the finals than the Nets, even if they lift the vaccination mandate and Kyrie get, can play in home games.
2: Yeah, I know you, you began, this is about Kyrie and the trust and kind of all the issues that Kyrie wants to be the man. And, yeah, I think that's something to to haunt him. And, you know, I, I think being – point guys, you know, because, yeah, he's not great at making guys better around him. But, like, I think with Simmons and Gordon Dragic now, don't you think he's probably going to play some more off-ball too, I think, now? Like, I, he's yeah. probably going to want to play the point guard still. But, like, I, I think for the team, I think it's better if he plays off-ball and they try to get him some open looks with with some screens. Uh, again, I, again, I don't know what Kyrie's plans are going to be because I, I imagine he's going to want to play some point guard. But I would think I'd play him – I. Even though he, when he's at the ball, he's he's got some great handles and some great moves. Like he's one of the best in the sport. But I, I, you know, like if he's playing all ball, I think it makes that team even better. But to your point, yes, I, I could see him running point and just one on one basketball, trying to make plays himself, big into bad shot to take him out of game. I could totally see it. Um, you know, I, I could totally see that having The, the books knocking him off, but I do. But I, I do think the Nets, I think Steve Nash is smart enough to try to convince Kyrie. You know, I think that's a very hard task to, to do, to play some more off ball and, and be able to kind of get some open looks off of screens and all that. I, I think that is a smarter option than that. I see the Nets going to do that, you know, whenever they kind of get healthier for the playoff run. I see them doing stuff like that. I think that makes the team better – that whole team better. Then you got a guy like Joe Harris that you – you know – if Kyrie's hitting open shots, you you can't slack off a guy like Joe Harris either. So, or Seth Curry. Again, he's not his brother, but he's still a very good shooter. So, I think with all the guys around him, they're healthy. I, I think you know that team. That team could be very tough to beat. I know the problem too is defensively, but if they're on and they're healthy, I they could pretty much outscore anybody in entire league.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. It should be interesting to see what ends up happening with the Nets, especially inserting Simmons in the lineup. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ For our producer, Jace Garcia, who did a great job. And for Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the NFL Combine, and Justin's going to love this, Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor. Have a great weekend, everyone.
0: Jones, first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will
1: take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley... He's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team.
2: Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Mosier, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Fins two for three. He's done his part.
0: Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is...
1: God, they don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankee. Hello, my name
0: is Joe Aguairo. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Chowing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eigman. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.